I had requested that that video be shown earlier. Oh, God is just faithful. God is just faithful. Y'all, do you realize that we have had the honor of baptizing 11 people in the last 30 days? <laughs> Let's see, baptisms, baby dedications, wedding last night. Seems like there's some life happening, doesn't it? God is so faithful. And uh, one of the things that I'm so grateful um, about, about walking in this position is that I get to stand witness to your lives, get to be able to watch someone walk in the door and look around like, okay, this place is nuts. <laughs> and then, you know, 30, 45 days later, they come in going, this place is nuts. Um, but they come in and they're welcomed. And then I see the light begin to come on in their eyes. And, and I just love to watch the transformation. And it is such an honor and such a privilege to, to be a part of your lives and to be able to to walk this road with you, I just I can't imagine not not doing this. And uh, one of the other privileges is that when the Lord sends a word to a body, I love the fact that God entrusts us with words that I would normally account to um, mature churches. You know, sometimes if you're a very young church, um, the messages can be tailored toward the younger. But something in the spirit today tells me that, that God is doing a maturing work in this body. And I think it's evidenced by the word that he would like to release today. Can we stand together and get into the word? Oh, my goodness. We've got a little bit, several different verses that aren't necessarily together, but hopefully God will time in a bow for us in a little bit. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by man. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Father, what a privilege. What a privilege to be able to stand under your word today, God. I thank you, Father God, that as you release it, I truly believe that flesh trembles at the word of God. And I pray, Father, that today that would be the case. Father, that our flesh would tremble at the word of God. And Father, that our spirits would align with yours. Father, I pray for truth to be released. I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit would be the interpreter today. I pray, Father God, that you would get your message across. 
I pray, Father, that whatever I've come up with on my own would just fall away and that they would forget it. But, Father, everything that is of you, I pray it would stand and produce fruit, Father God, in their lives from now to eternity, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Today we get teaching. Tell you what, God is just teaching me. I love the scripture that says, you awaken my heart morning by morning to be taught of you. That that would become our prayer. That we would awaken in the mornings and go, God, awaken my heart to be taught of you. Today we're going to talk about Jesus on judging, judgment. Ooh, (laughs) we want one of the other things. And uh, as I begin to get into this, it just was really interesting to me. I told my husband, I said, honey, this could be a really short message because I could basically just walk up there and go, Jesus' opinion on judging. Don't do it. Stop that. When we begin to walk in judgment of others, we are swimming at our own risk. Don't do it. And that concludes. <laughs> oh, don't you wish? <laughs> um, that can, you know, it's just, it's so simple that it's difficult. It's so simple that it's difficult. And so as I begin to seek the Lord regarding this is- issue, um, I'm a visual learner. Are many of you visual learners out there? Good, this one is for you. And so as I was thinking about judgment, I thought, okay, how does this work, Father? Because I know that, you know, that we are supposed to have wisdom and everything. So what kind of judgment is this? And he gave me a visual for it. And the idea is this. You're driving along on the road, probably with your praise music going, you know, just bless you, Lord, bless you, Lord. And someone cuts in front of you. Someone cuts in front of you, and all of a sudden, the music fades. (laughs) And you are like... (gasps) (laughs) Idiot! (laughs) You know, you've got a gavel in your car. Can you say, ouch, hallelujah? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one's funny. This one might not be. We know in our hearts, we know that according to Scripture, that all promotion comes from God. We know that there are no rulers in place that He didn't put there. Yet, when our president, who would not be in the position if God had not allowed him to be there, does something, somehow what rises in us is, Antichrist! Not so funny, is it? But you know what? We, we should be going, Father, give him a spirit of wisdom and of revelation, Father God, that he can rule your people rightly. Father God, give him discernment so that he can hear your heart, Father God. But instead... We grab the robe and we grab the gavel and we judge what we should not be judging. Or let's say a pastor, for instance, not Pastor Ronnie, more like Kevin. We'll go with Kevin. Kevin says something crazy like, 
you know, be a, don't be a fan of God. Liberal! <laughs> this is kind of fun. Somebody better take this from me. <laughs> but you get the idea. And I know that none of you do this, so I'm really just that perplexed as to why God would have me bring that in this house. But the thing is, is that's the kind of judgment I'm talking about. We make snap judgments. We make snap decisions. Boy, am I messy. I want you to know back in the back where the baptisms just took place, water is flowing over the threshold. That's scriptural. Everybody's just like, oh my goodness, good stuff. But the kind of judgment that I'm talking about here is judgment. It's, it's a judgment that calls someone else into question, calls their character into question, calls them out and says, oh, you know, somebody might not have a problem with somebody else. And then you walk up and you're going, well, you know what? Well, I just think they are as carnal as the day is long. Really? Pot calling kettle black? Really? And so the person walks away going, oh, then they must be carnal. They never thought that about that person before, but now there's a question in their mind because of what you spoke about that person. And see, this form of judgment that we talked about up here literally means to form an opinion based on what you see and then give voice to it. But see, we don't see rightly. We don't see the way that Jesus sees. And so, but we're so quick to open our mouths and give our opinions about it and we judge people and God has gone, oh my goodness. It is an opinion based on a revelation of the flesh and we don't want to live there. And I, I would dare say that almost all of us have lived there. All of us have lived there. 1 Samuel sixteen seven says, man looks at the outward appearance and God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. When I was praying about this, I was just like, okay, God, I know that you look at the heart. And I was thinking, you know, who who can I compare this to? Give me an example of someone who lived this way. And all of a sudden, I just went to Ezekiel. I believe we have to have the mindset of Ezekiel in this situation because Ezekiel was standing in the middle of a valley full of dry bones. Standing in the middle of a valley full of dry bones. And the Spirit of the Lord said, what do you see? Can these dry bones live? And in his wisdom, he's looking, he's got evidence all around him. But he knows that God sees something different. And so Ezekiel's response is, Lord, you alone know. Can you say that with me? Lord, you alone know. Let it go deep into your spirit. Let it get in there deep. And the next time you're tempted to take up the gavel and don the robe and you look at a situation, I want you to go, God, you alone know. You alone know what's really going on here. And just lay it down. Lay it down, Lord. You alone know. Do you know how freeing that will be? You will no longer hold the position of judging the world. Jesus, help me. The mindset of Ezekiel. I just find God really funny. I don't know about you, but I just find him. He has the best sense of humor. Just the best sense of humor. And I was just thinking about, you know, just just pondering who he is and trying to figure out where I was going to go with this message. And, you know, I just, I, I was overloaded. You know, you get too much information and you just kind of have to step away for a minute. And so I... 
laid down the books and, you know, set the Bible aside and the thesaurus and the strongest concordance. And I just set it aside and I thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and go about my day. I'm going to do the things that I always do, you know, just get into my normal routine, polishing my tiara, (laughs) practicing my autograph, you know, the things that we do on a daily basis, you know, most of us. And I was in that normal mundane moment. I was just walking around not thinking about this message. And the thing that dropped into my spirit was this. You know, judgment is a counterfeit. Judgment is a counterfeit. And I'm like, what? Judgment is a counterfeit. And of course, my first response is a counterfeit to what? What is it a counterfeit to? And then the Lord just began to unfold this in my spirit. Judgment is a counterfeit of the spirit of the gift of discernment. Judgment is a counterfeit of the gift of discernment. See, because judgment is based on what we see with our eyes, what we've observed with our flesh, giving voice to an opinion that um, is based on what we have seen in our flesh, the revelation of the flesh. Discernment, by definition, is to perceive deeper with an eye toward gaining spiritual understanding or spiritual direction. Discernment, a deeper perception that leans you in the direction, causes your eyes to be set on gaining spiritual understanding and spiritual direction. That's what discernment does. Discernment causes us to look differently through eyes that see differently. Causes us to form an opinion based on what God sees, not what we see. Now see, the unfortunate thing is that when the original is in short supply, you will always see a rise of the counterfeit. So where the gift of discernment Spirit of discernment is in short supply. You're going to see a rise in judgment. And see, we've become so used to judgment that we don't recognize it as being a counterfeit. We think, how many times have you heard, well, I just call them like I see them. And don't nudge your husband. (laughs) Don't nudge your wife. Oh, I just call them like I see them. You better stop. Because you don't know what you see. You don't know what you see. I just call them like I see them. But the Spirit of God would have you go deeper. The Spirit of God would have you search out the original. You know, but we've gotten so used to the counterfeits. I mean, not just in judgment. I mean, think about it for a minute. The things that we accept as normal these days, not necessarily good, but as normal. You know, the counterfeit of, you know, prophecy. How many psychics do you know? You know, we have a counterfeit for everything. Entertainment has replaced worship. No amens. Thank you. We stopped looking for... See, there's a spirit behind everything in these things. This is the spirit of God that leads you to seek, to see through and see the heart of it, to gain wisdom, to gain understanding, to gain knowledge, or is it something that causes you to just go, well, it's my right to have an opinion. I can't find that in Scripture. Is that in Scripture? Well, good, because I thought my Bible was messed up. You know, I tore out those pages about, you know, why submitting. But anyway, 
only because I know them by heart. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Oh, mercy, help us. Let me tell you something, guys. If we want things to change, we got to go for the genuine. We got to go for the genuine. We live in a society that has all but forgotten the fruit of the Spirit, much less the gifts of the Spirit. We no longer hunger for the Holy Ghost. We no longer hunger for those things, for the Holy Spirit to fill us and change us. And because we have lost that, we are walking around powerless and carnal. And we're walking in our churches and we feel empty. We're like, oh, well, there's a really good program going on. And yeah, we got a lot of stuff going and everything. But you walk away feeling empty because we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. And according to scripture, it says from such turn away. Oh, Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you, God, to just fill this place with your presence. Let there be a sanctifying work of the Holy Ghost in this house, Father God, that we would learn to discern the difference between the counterfeit and the original. Jesus, Jesus, the only way we move from judgment to discernment I really believe the only way that we can move from judgment to discernment is to get a revelation. Get a revelation. And I believe that we need a very specific revelation. I believe in order for us to start, stop looking with our eyes and forming opinions and voicing them, I believe we need a revelation of Christ Jesus. Not only do we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we need a true revelation from the Father God about who His Son, Jesus, is. Let me explain it to you a little bit. Because I was sitting over there in my seat a couple of weeks ago, and, and I was thinking about this message because I have a tendency to get a hold of it like a dog gets a bone, and I'm just, you know, I just can't really let go of it. And so no matter what you see me doing a month up before I'm teaching, I might be talking to you, but my head is somewhere else because I'm pondering these things in my spirit, and I can't get rid of them. Um, and so I was sitting over there, and I was listening, and I was in praise and worship, but my spirit was going over this thing about judgment. And the thing that hit my spirit when I said, Lord, you know, just give me insight, Father. And I felt like what he said was... Um, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And I was like, no, 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 God. I'm teaching on judgment. <laughs> you know, there were a lot of people talking, you know. And, and I said, I'm teaching on judgment. He said, who do you say that I am? And he began to take me on this journey having to do with this scripture that we just read about Peter. And I thought, okay. Because in this passage of scripture, what we see is Jesus looks at Peter and he says, or he says, Simon, who do you say that I am? And Simon says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're Jesus Christ. You're the son of the living God and you're the Messiah. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. So he's basically saying, you haven't just looked with your eyes. See, Peter would have been perfect to be able to look at the circumstance. He could have just formed an opinion based on the miracles and the words that had come out of Jesus' mouth. Everything was laid out there in front of him. But Jesus specifically said, flesh has not revealed this to you. You don't know this because of anything that you've seen. You know this because my Father has revealed it to you. And see, that's what I want, a revelation 
about who Jesus is, not from what anybody's told me, not from things that I've heard. I want a revelation of Christ in my life, in my life. Because let me tell you something, when Jesus, when you get a revelation of Christ Jesus, there are two things that come along with that that are just mind-blowing. And we see it in this passage of Scripture. Peter looks at him and says, this is who you are. And then Jesus looks at Peter and says, you know, the Father has revealed this to you. And then he goes on to say, now let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you who you are. You want a revelation of who you are? Get to know who Christ is. Because when you know who he is, he is able to release your identity into your life. We got people walking around all the time wanting us to tell them who they are. Only Jesus knows who you are. Only Jesus knows who you are. Get a revelation. And see, it's so simple. It's just listening to the Father. And so we gain two things. There's a very specific blessing in getting to know who Jesus is. Because he says, you are Peter, you are Petros. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against you. When you know who Jesus is, you will find your identity in him. And when you find your identity in him, he will release a word of truth over your life that will tell you who you are, that will cause you to stop feeling judged and cause you to stop judging others. Because see, the most, the people who talk the most have the most opinions, have an idea of who everybody is but themselves. They are the most insecure people on the planet. And I would just submit to you, if that is your issue, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the word says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When the Holy Spirit in his power covers us, God, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't mean to belabor a point, but I cannot get it across strongly enough how much we need the power of the Holy Spirit to transform us, to transform our lives. And so he does. And, and, and Jesus looks at him and says, God, God has shown you who I am. Now let me show you who I am or show you who you are. And he speaks it and he speaks truth. And Peter becomes Peter becomes who Jesus says that he is. Oh, that we would become who Jesus says that we are. Because you know what? From the time we entered the planet, we've been waiting on somebody to tell us. We got so many people who want to tell us who we are and what we're not. And we have listened. There are broken hearts everywhere. There are wounded people walking around on the planet because they believed a lie. You have believed a lie. And I would just say to you right now in the name of Jesus, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's just the beginning. God wants to say so much more over your life if we would just get over ourselves. No. <laughs> Well, notes really don't matter at this point, do they? (laughs) But that's the thing about Jesus. That's the thing. If we would just sit close enough to let him reveal to us who we are in him, who he is. If he gets big enough, everything gets really small. 
Everything gets really small. That's what I want. I want to be able to cast all my cares on him because he cares for me. Oh, what a faithful God we have. If only we could begin to see with his eyes. And see, we can. We can. That we can form right judgments. That we can be led by the Spirit of God. That discernment would be a part of who we are because we are part of who He is. Amen? Amen. If I can get some music, I'm going to close this down in just a second because I want to leave room for prayer. Because I do believe God has something He wants to do here. I was praying about this and I said, the Lord brought back a little girl when I was about in the third grade. God brought back this memory of this little girl. She was just the tiniest thing. Tiniest thing. I just remember she just wasn't any bigger than anything. She had brown stringy hair. And she was always covered in dirt. Always covered in dirt. And her clothes, she couldn't have been more than maybe five. And her clothes could have easily been that of a you know, 12, 13 year old. And so everybody avoided her. They made fun of her. And I can remember when I was in school, I spent a lot of time sitting in a chair outside of classrooms. (laughs) They called it talks too much. I called it the gift of conversation. (laughs) They called it time out. I considered it being part of security. (laughs) I like to look on the bright side. But one one day I was sitting out there in the hallway, security, and there was a group of teachers standing over to my left and they were circled up and they were having this conversation. And I could tell there was something in the middle of them but they were in this circle and I could, what I heard was, no, you, you do it. And um, no, I don't have time. No, you do it. Okay. And then I, this one teacher, Miss Millie, I remember she stepped up and she went, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. And the, te- the teacher's like, oh, okay. And then the crowd departed and there stood that little girl. And she looked like she had been rolled in a pig pen. Seriously, seriously. And Miss Millie went over and she got some clothes out of the lost and found that were more size appropriate. And she took this little girl back to the restroom. And when she came out, I, you know, I was there for a while. <laughs> and when she came out, there was this little blonde headed girl with her. There was this little blonde-headed girl with her, and she was the prettiest thing I think I had ever seen. Just beautiful, just golden blonde hair, little pink cheeks, big blue eyes, just this face. And then it hit me. That was her. That was that little girl. And I was just stunned just stunned because I would have never imagined that that was what was under that dirt, that that was what was under those clothes, that that was what was under that exterior. 
Never would have imagined it. Never would have imagined it. Just beautiful. And as I was thinking about it and I was praying about it, I went, God, what was her name? God, help me remember her name. I want to remember her name. And like that, I could hear the kids on the playground. And I could hear them calling, calling her names. And her name was Grace. God had placed grace in the center of us and gave us an opportunity to see past the dirt, to see past the clothes, to see past everything that she had walked through to the heart of grace. And I'm telling you today, there is grace in our midst. There are those in our midst that we cannot see beyond the exterior. And God is going, look deeper, look deeper, be quiet and listen to the Holy Ghost that we wouldn't miss our opportunity, that we wouldn't miss grace. Amen. Can I get some prayer warriors up here? What I really believe in my spirit today, we're going to need a few extras. What I really believe in my spirit today, there are some of you who have walked under judgment. You have had things spoken over your life that were lies and you have carried them forward to today. And God is going to deliver you from those words. God is going to set you free. And then there are those of you that you have struggled with this. Your opinions get the best of you. And you've gone, I know I need to stop. I I don't mean to be this way. I don't mean to be judgmental. God is going to set you free today. Can you stand? Can you stand? And so, Father God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I ask that you release those today, God, who need a touch from you, Father, who need to be set free, Father, in the depth. Someone has said something over their lives, God, that they've not been able to get over. And Father, you're going to bring them over it today, God. Father, go speak truth to them. And Father, then there are those, God, who have a judgmental spirit that are critical, Father. And you want to set them free because they're not happy about it either. So Father, I ask that you release your word to do your work today, Father God. Set the captives free today in the name of Jesus, Father. We bless you for it. And we wait on you, God. We wait on you, God. We wait on you, God. If you have a prayer language, now would be a great time to intercede. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, God. Bless you, Father. Holy, holy, holy God. Holy God.
God, Jesus, I just want to know you. I don't want to know about you. I don't want to know what they know. I want to know you for myself. So that's available too. If you want to know Christ, the doors are open. Father, I bless you. I bless you. Can we sing you are holy, Pastor? You are Just worship him while the work of the Holy Spirit's going on. What? Father, in the name 
the precious holy name of Jesus Christ. I ask you, Father, for a spirit of wisdom and of revelation on your people. I pray, Father God, that you would reveal the Son to your sons and daughters and then that he would reveal who they are, speak truth over their lives, that they would be whole and free. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen.